Hasta la vista, baby. That's right. It's not I'll be back, baby. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 578 with a review of Terminator Dark Fate. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are talking about the latest uh, in the Terminator film franchise. Um, it is a new film. It's sort of a direct sequel, I guess, to Terminator 2, um, and technically the events of Terminator 1. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're here to talk about it. But before we get started, there's one little question I have for you, Stephen. Um, mm. So, uh, you know, we're getting ready to go see a film tomorrow night that involves de-aging. Yep. There has been de-aging in a bunch of the Marvel films. There's definitely... A small scene in this film that involves de-aging. Mm-hmm. What how, what are your thoughts on de-aging? Have you arrived at the point where you're like fully in and it's not like crazy anymore? Or are you still in the like, whoa, this takes me out every time I see this young version of this oh. current aged actor? Like, what are your thoughts on de-aging? It's a good question. I think I'm okay with de-aging if it is done in a short period of time. If I'm not expected to have a dramatic connection with the character being de-aged, yeah. then I'm cool with it. Like, like, like this, if it's literally to be just a flashback yep. and not like de-deading yeah. a character but, yeah, or, like, or showing a younger character for the entire film. Like, like in this movie, for instance, I didn't even think about the fact that it was de-aged until at the, after the movie when I was like, oh yeah, wow, that, that was pretty good. Like they did a good job of that. Yeah, yeah. But I think if I were asked to emote like feel on behalf of that character then i would hold it to a much higher standard but but i think for at least the i, I like like for bringing back someone of a bygone time for like a short flashback i'm totally fine with it now yeah. we will find out tomorrow night to what extent am i fine with it over the course of a three and a half hour movie it, it's i mean before i say my piece about this so so we are seeing the irishman tomorrow night and that is a film that involves de-aging but it still weirds me out because it's it's not it's not all the way de-aging, right? It's just like a decade de-aging. Mm-hmm. It, feel, it feels like they're still old. Yeah. They're just not as old. And it's it's such a – it's like I'm sure it'll be fine in the film, but knowing nothing about the film except for the first teaser for The Irishman, or I guess technically the se- second teaser since the first one was just a bullet right. falling. I, I haven't actually watched it. I actually haven't seen any clip from The Irishman as far as I know. I, I feel like unless I'm crazy, it's like they're all being de-aged to like still our parents' age, mm. <laughs> which which just seems like a funny concept to me. Yep. <laughs> that is funny. Like I liked uh, in Captain Marvel – I liked the de-aging there because it felt like subtle enough that it didn't bother me. Yeah. So maybe this idea of like de-aging someone to being an old person from 15 years ago, like I can live with that. <laughs> and also neither of us has seen Gen- Gemini Man. So that right. would be another good test to see yeah. um, this situation. But yeah. yeah. I'm waiting for it to come out in 120 frames per second iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, so for me, I, I'm sort of, I'm now on board with the, I mean, I, I honestly, I was on board with the aging for a while. I think it's been used successfully, like even seeing like young Tony Stark mm-hmm. in um, whichever Avengers film that was, um, or Iron Man film, which I, I forget what it is. Was it a Spider-Man film? I don't know. I don't remember. One, one of the films had a minute uh, de-aged, but I, I, like I... I think it's being used in a nice way because it's moments when you're only other uh, like we we've all hated seeing in movies like really really bad age makeup mm-hmm. and I feel like this de-aging has gotten good enough to the point where like yeah go ahead and throw a little flashback that shows his memory you don't have to shoot somebody like a stunt person from behind so you can't see the face go ahead and spend the budget to have like 30 seconds of this young person in this shot. I yeah. like, like I, I, I like where it's going now and it doesn't feel creepy anymore to me. So can they age properly with CG? Cause I feel like even this Terminator movie has made me question whether they know how to do that or not. Uh, was anybody aged in this? Yep. There is a flash forward. Oh, that well, takes place. I mean, and the person looks the same fucking age. No, no, exactly. Like, I don't think they were. I, I don't think. They I were, think they tried and failed. I don't think they were digitally aging them. I think they just gave them a different hairstyle. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel like I've seen so much technology, and I get that de aging is a harder problem because you do not add to. For the most part, you don't add to someone to make them younger. You subtract, right? 
Um, I don't know like, how it works. <laughs> like wrinkles, you have to de-wrinkle, right? Yeah, yeah. But I feel like I've still not seen a movie where a person was compellingly made to look much older than they really are yeah. via CG that looked correct. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe that would be a spoiler to even say. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've seen it. All right. Well, well, well that, that that isn't settled yet until we see the film that is. Uh, what about like it's like a reverse Benjamin Button <laughs> Just normal life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but a film that watches an entire life of a person where they just age in real time. Or not real time, but, you know, movie time. Yeah, I, I feel like normally in those movies they use just, like, heavy makeup for the aging part. And you yeah, just yeah. buy into it. But it doesn't look right. You just kind of agree with it. Like, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's a 35-year-old with makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see, like, the film that Christian Bale just comes back from the future to act as an actual old version of himself. Yeah. All right, so what do you say we get into this review, Stephen, of Terminator Dark Fate? Let's do it. All right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer, and then we're going to come back and give you all that review. And we will be back. Talk. Talk fast. You first. My name is Sarah Connor. August 29th. 1997 was supposed to be Judgment Day. But I changed the future. Saved three billion lives. Enough of a resume for you? No. You may have changed the future, but you didn't change our fate. You. I've never seen one like you before. Almost human. I am human. Just enhanced. Why do you care what happens to her? Because I was her. I can see you're very upset. I'm going to help you protect the girl. Because of me! If you don't make it, everybody dies! Expect a big pain, brother. The whole body's a weapon. Sorry. When this is all over, I am going to kill you. I understand. I'll be back. All right. So that was the trailer for Terminator Dark Fate. Um, as we said, it's the latest film in the Terminator franchise. Basically, a long time ago, these machines rose up and then they were sent back in time to try to kill this man, John Connor, who was going to grow up to be the leader of the Resistance. Uh, or first they were going to kill the mother and then the kid and then blah, 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 blah. Um, but anyways, so that whole fate, um, which I guess was the light fate, <laughs> mm. had been... Uh, diverted uh stopped from happening and everything seemed all hunky-dory until modern day when another new more advanced terminator um has come back in time to kill a new person um not anybody in the connor line um but uh this new character who we've been introduced to the first to for the first time and alongside of that traveling back in time there has also been sent not a good terminator but a good human who has been enhanced cybernetically um who is there to try to fight off uh, um the the bad terminator who's trying to come kill these people yep the rev nine the rev nine which i assume came after the the revenant (laughs) after eight other revs (laughs) i don't think that name is as cool (laughs) as they think it is Nope. 
Maybe it's an acronym and it doesn't actually stand for like revision nine, but it's mm-hmm. like rev uh, reconnaissance stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stephen Miller, what did you think of Terminator Dark Fate? So when Terminator Dark Fate started, I was trying to put my finger on like what did it remind me of? And I <laughs> Terminator re- Two Judgment Day. <laughs> no, it, re- it reminded me of the new Halloween movie and the idea. Oh, it does that, a lot. Yeah. Because, like, the idea is, like, Michael Myers, what does he represent, right? He's this kind of persistent, unstoppable force of evil that just keeps coming and coming and fucking coming, right? And, like, Halloween was all about, like, the exasperation of Jamie Lee Curtis. She's like, I've dedicated my whole life to this thing. I'm going to stop it. I'm not even going to have joy in stopping it anymore. I'm just, like, a war-torn, whatever. I'm, like, a rugged person who just, like, my life is now this stupid thing that I have to keep killing. Yeah. Um. And I feel like that is Linda Hamilton in this movie. Is like, we have a villain who is not interesting at all. <laughs> like, I'm going to put my cards on the table. I think this villain fucking sucks. <laughs> this, this villain is the Terminator 2 villain with almost nothing new added, except there's it's, like, it's the Terminator there's like one... another half of him that comes out occasionally. <laughs> it's the Terminator 1 villain and the Terminator 2 villain in one, Steven. Yeah, sure. Never in the history of the Terminator franchise, have you had two different types of Terminators in one Terminator? Sure. How could you not think that's awesome? Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a merged conflict between Rev 8 and Rev 9, I guess. Um, but th- there's just something about, like, it is the same guy as Terminator 2, right? He's, like, somewhat liquid. You try he to shoot... He runs funny. Yeah, he runs funny. He has a stoic look on his face. You try to shoot him, and he just, like, glorbs around it. You think you killed him, and he always comes back stronger. And I think what got me about this movie, because the Halloween movie, I kind of, like, I had fun with it. I enjoyed it. I don't feel like this movie is having any fun. And maybe it's just that I was not in a good mood watching it, but I did not feel any joy. Like, the moment this movie started, the the Terminator has come down. I know what he's going to do. I know who's going to fight. I was immediately like, okay, all right, give me the chase scene. Okay, cool. She's going to discover that she, all right, great. You're on your mission. Oh, he's coming back. Okay. Fine. It, it it just felt so like perfunctory and rote and like completely lifeless to me. Like I had almost no moment of even like vaguely enjoying this movie. I did enjoy when like when Linda Amel- Hamilton first shows up, there was some fun of that. Just the fact, right? Like the time of watching time have passed yeah, between yeah. Terminator 2 and now. Like there's some joy in watching that character be back in this universe uh, when Arnold shows up. I also, like, enjoyed that a little bit. But I just I feel like the plot of this movie doesn't matter at all. The arc that Danny, the main character, goes on, we all knew the ending, like, ten minutes into this movie, but they play it out as if we could have never imagined it till the very end. Yeah. You know, um, every character's dialogue, I feel like, is so flat and shitty and completely boring. And the set pieces are, like, big, but I just didn't... I didn't care. I, I couldn't make myself care about this movie. I, I felt like it was just a movie that, like, it wanted to retread everything the original Terminator did and, like, do nothing new or fresh or exciting or fun with the franchise. And again, I fully admit that maybe I was just not in a mood to have fun. Maybe if I were really amped up for this movie, I would have had a blast. But I I felt like I was being lectured to by someone who had, like, nothing new to say in the last 25 years. And it it, it just was a bummer to me. I, I did not have fun with this movie. I felt like it, it shoehorned in politics in a way that I thought was, like, not earned and not well-deserved. Like, yeah. someone's being replaced by automation in the beginning, but also we get some eagle-eye bullshit about, like, phones and how data is everywhere, and, oh, my God, what if the Terminator has data? They crammed a border crossing into this so we could have a line about people being in cages, like... Then, like, they weirdly go into, like, Texas gun hoorah. Like, I don't, e- I don't even know what this movie wants to believe anymore, but it, it really just felt like... It felt like if an alien was like, all right, we need to make a sequel to the Terminator movie. Yeah. Let's take every piece of T2 and just, like, reorchestrate it in a way that feels <laughs> 2019. And I was not... I was just not on board for this movie. I, I wanted it to be over, like, five minutes into it starting. Yeah. I feel like in a vacuum... The film maybe could have been seen as all right, potentially. But I feel like within the context of the other films, the way it literally throws 
the lines of dialogue you've already seen and these moments in a way that doesn't feel like homaging, but feels like we got to check off all the boxes. And I texted you the second the movie was over and was like, the one box they didn't check, they had the perfect moment to check and they didn't check it. Like it, it, it actively made me angry that like I almost did the motion myself in the theater expecting it to be about to happen. And then it didn't happen. I was like, are you, what, who, who in the writer's room tried to take every iconic shot from the other Terminator films and just left this one out. I like, don't it, understand it, just, it either. It didn't make sense. But I think really the problem with this film is even the things that are sort of maybe potentially cool uh, are lost, lose their coolness as soon as you uh, think about them very difficultly at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, for instance, I mean, like you, you said that the, the new Terminator is dumb. Um, I don't think that it's dumb. I think that it's a, a really cool concept, right? It's literally the scary parts of both Terminators in one, and it's a Terminator that is one being that can theoretically act independently of the two parts and can kind of do whatever. Like, it's what one. are the rules of it? Is it just two? It's like fixed at two. I don't. I don't even understand what it can control and what it can't control. And that is it weaker when it. Well, it's a physical body. Itself? It's the physical body for the strength and the, the, the pure rigidity, mm-hmm. and it's the liquid metal body for all the stuff that makes that cool but it's essentially a thing where like different parts of it can function in different ways it's a cool idea i Mm. actually like the design of how the head cavity is sort of empty and that's sort of where like the mass of the like electric metal whatever sticks in and goes one of the things that i think is dumb is this idea that only one of the two halves has a power core mm-hmm. <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Maybe we can get into it a little more in, in spoilers. But there there were just some very stupid things that if you kind of like – you go like, oh, that's a cool design. And then you go like, but how does it function or what – yeah, as you said, what are the rules of it? And then you kind of go like, okay, whatever. I'm not supposed to think about that. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of stuff in this story feels that way. Um, for instance, we – so Terminator 2 is – there is this new kind of Terminator that is sent back in time to kill John Connor. Mm. So the good people, or I guess John Connor himself, rewires the original bad Terminator and sends him back in time to protect himself from yeah. the new bad Terminator, right? Yep. In this film, we can't have it be exactly the same. Mm. So why don't we make the new bad Terminator this new kind of invented Terminator, and then instead of sending back an old Terminator, we'll create a new human who is by all accounts weaker than a Terminator with some very, very heavy flaws yep. that will take her out of commission left and right yeah. all In the time. In kind of hilarious fashion. Yeah, it, like, it's the most ridiculous... It's, it's, like, literally, like, look, we got this thing. It's super powerful for about 45 seconds. If you can't kill it in 45 seconds, then you're screwed. Like... My love life. <laughs> but, but so, like, the thing that makes me so mad about that is you have to, like, it's one thing if it was a fully powered unit and then it got damaged and it mm-hmm. was like, it was like a, a chappy thing, right? Like, yeah. my battery's gonna die. We have to kill this Terminator before my battery dies. Yeah. Otherwise, we're screwed. That's different than, like, I need a cocktail of shit that I stab into my butt. That I don't carry with that me. That I don't carry with me so that I can not be tired anymore. Yeah. Like that just – it didn't make any sense. Just send a Terminator back. There is nothing about this future that – also, the original fate in Terminator 2 was thwarted, right? There was no judgment day. Yep. We don't have to worry about anything. The whole conceit of this film is that – even though Skynet never happened, this new company called Legion, or this new thing called Legion, which was uh, a cyber uh, thing, that, cyber that security, cyber security AI spawned all these machines. But then that cyber security AI was like, you know what? Even though that other thing never happened in my timeline, I'm going to call these things Terminators <laughs> because they terminate stuff. Yeah, the this name is, like, yeah, like, being the same. Like, literally, nobody's heard of Skynet, but everybody knows the name Terminator. <laughs> Come on. Who wrote this shit? Yeah, I thought you were going to nitpick the idea, because the one thing I, that I think was a good idea this movie had that could have been played for laughs if they really just went for it is the idea that like we keep 
reinventing things that will destroy us, right? And we have, like, an exasperated Linda Hamilton who's like, fuck, the nerds did it again. <laughs> like, I think, like, there could be a universe where that idea would be, like, funny. But, yeah, the, the Terminator technology, like, uh, Terminator terminology in particular yeah. is, uh, yeah, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and there, like, so... I'm going to say this in the gen- most gentlest way I can. This is a film led by a bunch of powerful women trying to do powerful shit. And this film, minor spoilers, ends with all the women yelling for a man's help. <laughs> what? Why? Why? I, don't, I, do, really, I do think it fails that. I, it, I definitely think it, it, it fails to make Danny what it wants Danny to be in this movie. And I feel like that is sad. The whole point of the film is to, to upend the stereotype of what these stories usually are and still at the end it comes back to all three of these women yelling for a man to help in the final moments and i just don't i don't understand why you would bother trying to write this story in this way even going so far as to have uh you know Arnold making jokes about what it means to be a man. Like, this is a lot of work to put in to then just fucking blow the dismount at the end of the thing. It just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like, I was like, I'm not the only one watching this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I I feel like the ending is just particularly weak in so many ways. Like, we we can talk in a brief spoilers, I guess, about some of them. But, like, it's like really slow rolling a reveal that again i i get that i like to predict where movies are going and i see things as like telegraphed that maybe everyone doesn't think is telegraphed i feel like everybody was on board for the major reveal of this movie like at the beginning of the movie right like i i, I, I feel mean, like I, the movie was telegraphing it hardcore the whole time I, I i knew that was coming before i even walked into the theater yeah. um i had heard about it um so i I cannot compute whether I would have been, like, misdirected the whole time. But within the context of already knowing it, it doesn't even feel like... Like, okay, here's here's another thing. This is what makes me most mad about that. This is the thing that I complain about in movies all the time, where characters fucking withhold information from the rest of the group that we, the audience, already know, and all of their do- all they're doing is hurting the situation these people in. Like, yeah. to, to, to compare it to something in Game of Thrones, in one of the later seasons of Game of Thrones, uh, John is about to go do some big, stupid fucking battle, which he knows he probably shouldn't. He's going to get a lot of people killed. And Sansa knows that Littlefinger's army's coming. Mm-hmm. And instead of going, like, John, maybe hold off, like, yeah, like- 15 minutes. I hear hooves across the hills. <laughs> We're going to have some help soon. She's like, I'm just going to stand here and wait and see what happens. Yeah. And it's like... All you had to do was open your mouth. Just open your mouth and explain how you know a character. Mm-hmm. That's all you have to do. Yeah. And I, I just feel like the fact that, like, Linda Hamilton is giving this speech about, like, oh, we're reduced to just this and that. And then, like, all freaking Mackenzie Davis, <laughs> Davis, what, Davis? Mackenzie Davis yeah, has McKenzie to do Davis. Is, is say, like, oh, funny story. Blah, and then it's it's done. Like it, then everybody knows what they need to know, and we can carry on with the story, and then build our kill box and all that stuff. Yeah, and that partly goes back to the dialogue, where I feel like everyone here, Mackenzie Davis, Davis, <laughs> I incepted you with my yeah. stutter. Mackenzie Davis, like very much included. Their dialogue is so awkward and stilted in this movie. It, it really feels like they're not trying to make any forward momentum. They're not yeah. trying to make us believe in the character as people. They're not trying to make us believe in their revelations as carrying any weight. It just feels like a bunch of quips and vague, like, I'm here to protect you. Follow me. We have to keep moving. End of conversation. Like, there's nowhere here where I felt the the weight of Mackenzie Davis's her character in the future what it means to her, what her relationship might be with the current task. like, yeah. And I, I don't blame her. I feel like her character is just told to be, like, completely stoic and emotionless and very, very, very boring. And I, I just thought the whole dynamic in this movie was, like, lifeless. It, it felt very bizarre to me that so many, like, capable actors were in this movie and they didn't bother to give anyone, like, a moment of real emotional connection. Yeah. But I will, I will say, though, I do think Linda Hamilton is great in this. I think she's doing a good job. And I think she's the only one that sells me on her 
really thinking the world's fucked up and being angry at the world. And like her her interaction with uh, Arnold and her interaction with even Mackenzie Davis and the other girl, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the she feels real and a person who has been through some shit and a person who has spent the last many years of her life just indeterminately hunting down Terminators. And I think she's great. Like she she is in the movie she wants to be in. And I think everyone else is sort of sleep sleepwalking through her experience and not putting in the effort or really putting in the I mean, charm isn't quite the right word, but I, I did feel Linda Hamilton. There there's there is a scene where she's just sitting on a log and sort of doing like the sad Keanu thing. Yeah. And like I I, I felt it. I felt it. Like See, I I think she does well in the movie with what she is given, but I feel like the movie plays her almost as a punchline, um, where she is the crotchety is not the right word, but she is the person who comes in who is just like the wet blanket on everything, and she's the like, I've seen this all before. What do you want? And I feel like the way the other cast members of the cast play around her turns her into being like a a stock character almost, where she's like the like eternally pessimistic, eternally like. I've been here before. I've seen this. I know everything you're going to tell me. And the fact that, like, we know that she's wrong about some things, but she just gets to monologue without yeah. anybody contradicting her. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I liked seeing her in this movie. Again, I think that is, like, one of the best parts about the movie is that they got her to come back for it. Um, but I still feel like that character is not supported properly by other members of the cast. Yeah, that's, that's true. But it's also because the other members of the cast don't know her, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like she, sure. she is the outsider in this crew. We're in the home of one person. The other girl is from a different future that that didn't happen for Linda Ham- Hamilton's character. And then she is just like, no, I know what's going on. Yeah, I just. So without spoilers, did your plot hole seeking brain explode thinking about Arnold in this movie? <laughs> Yeah, like just his existence. Yeah, like his existence, his facial hair. His... <laughs> Don't he, he learn to be human? <laughs> I build myself to beard. Uh, but no, I mean, like the uh, I. There's a line in. I'm pretty sure the skin on the outside of Terminators is supposed to be like real-ish mm. or something, something that's made to function more like humans. I mean, they all. Like Sam Worthington's character in uh, Salvation, uh, he had like stubble and shit, right? Like he, I, I think that they are meant to, on the outside, be able to mimic all of the stuff that that um, um, that humans do physically with their whole bodies. Um, I think too that he was sent on a mission, and that mission that he was trying to fulfill. You know, he was sent to a time that prevented his future from existing, so he was never supposed to function for that long. So I, I can, I can envision in my head a way where he was diverting essential weaponary or weaponized subsystems to only work towards skin, uh, <laughs> skin, um, you know, aging and facial hair growth and yeah, stuff like that. I don't know. I, I, I was. I was fine with it in concept. Mm. I didn't. Again, I was just so off board of the movie already by the time yeah. he showed up. But it everything just felt like fan servicing. And when he came in, I feel like the way they introduce him and the way they explain who he is and why he is doing what he's doing, it didn't work on me at all. Yeah, like yeah. I, I was happy to see him again for the same joy of seeing Linda Hamilton again. Like it's cool seeing these characters, the, these actors come back and reprise their role. But like. Well, I, I, I think the idea of his character, who he is, and why he's doing what he's doing, is great on the card that is posted on the wall while you guys are brainstorming this film you want to do. Mm. Him delivering the exposition to explain it comes off as a joke. Yeah. It doesn't help that he's joking while he's telling the story. And the fact that, like, he is just... He has become more robotic. The human being, Arnold Schwarzenegger, has become more robotic... As he is aged, like yep. he just he moves more stiffly, his delivery is more stiff. Yeah. Um. Uh. It 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 just, you know, it it, it something like it it, it was like an idea that as a bullet in your outline mm-hmm. is kind of cool, 
and you could do your own whole story just on that. But I think just the execution was so off that it kind of diminishes the um, the sort of gravity of of what you're trying to experience. There. Yeah, for me, like he really, and I, I'm happy for his presence, but the movie after he is in it really just feels like paint by numbers for me. Like it really just felt like, all right, the gang is back again. Let's get ready. Let's throw a few like really, really like softballs yeah. of like crowd pleasing requoting of like earlier catchphrases at everybody and like <laughs> he has he has the worst reprise. He says I won't be back. Yeah, he says he says I told him I won't be back. <laughs> Which is the dumbest. Yeah. Like and it's only there because it's a fu- it's his catchphrase. Like the worst joke delivery in this whole movie. I don't care about spoiling this part. There was a moment, and and this is how like in tune with this movie and hating this movie I was at the same time, where so he won't be back, and then he's like, they're like, we're gonna need some weapons, and he's like, follow me, and right then in my brain I'm like, they're gonna go to a room, there's gonna be lots of guns, he's gonna make a joke about Texas, that's gonna happen. I know this is going to happen. Just fucking do it already. And the movie takes like six fucking minutes to yeah. get to the joke where he's like, see all these guns? I wanted to protect my family in case in, in case the humans rise up. Also, beyond Texas. <laughs> like, uh, Jesus fucking Christ, movie. What are you doing? I like how your Schwarzenegger is halfway between Schwarzenegger and Matt Damon. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. But yeah, yeah there, that, that joke was like just epitomized to me how like yeah. drawn out obvious plot points were going to be with like no life in them at all. There, there was something around this time that I genuinely laughed at because it was so ridiculous. And I, I, I don't remember what it was exactly, but mm. maybe, maybe it was the, the when he talks about the physicality of his relationship. I mean, when, when he said, this is Texas, my audience roared laughing. And I was like, wait, you didn't, yeah. you didn't see that coming already? Yeah. We're, what, we're, did, what did you think the joke? He already said Texas like eight times when you met him. Like... You know this is coming. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Should we get into some real honest-to-God spoilers? Sure. All right. Well, let's start by giving people our official verdicts for this film. Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, record of the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I'm going must-avoid. I just found this to be a completely unfun journey, and I was sad I went on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to give it a pass with the caveat. Um, I didn't hate it as much as you did. I just didn't think it was very great. Um, And what little fineness it had, it sort of squandered away with its attempts to... um, either uh, flip on its head or just refer back to things from the previous films. Um, but yeah, like I said, didn't completely hate my time with it. I still think the, like, it's in the trailers, but like, basically, um, I think there was a game called Prototype where you could like shoot things out of your body. Mm. And it was basically like, it was like Venom, but like, it was it was basically like if the infamous people made Venom um, the game, but didn't have the license to use Venom. This film has moments that remind me of that sort of strange. Attack. I feel like did we talk about this during the Venom trail, like the Venom review? Maybe I, I don't feel know. like I remember this whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, we probably did. We probably had this exact conversation. Uh, it's almost like this happened in the past. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so there are things that are visually interesting in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, Lots of stupid ideas, though, and uh, stupid people, not stupid people delivering it, people delivering it stupidly, sorry. Um, But yeah, so that is our review of Terminator, colon, Dark Fate. Um, So we are going to give our official goodbyes right now, and then we're going to stick around for a little bit of spoiler talk. Um, But for right now, Stephen Miller, if people people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, well, my phone is in three bags of potato chips now. So Shoot it on five. Yeah. Good luck finding me. <laughs> but you can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. Good luck swiping to unlock with all the... <laughs> <laughs> Unless you are the Pringle Man, good luck with face ID. <laughs> He's just slightly Swedish. <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>
Hello, Herr Pringle. <laughs> Is this your telephone? <laughs> um, well, people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to own the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Terminator Dark Fate that's playing right now. We are going to take off for a quick second. That music's going to fade up, and when the music fades out... He will be in Judgment Day, where we take on this little film and uh, try to rip it to shreds. Yep. (laughs) All right. So we are back. We are talking full-blown spoilers for Terminator Dark Fate. Um, this is the Dark Fate for the film Terminator Dark Fate. Stephen Miller, do you want to start us off with the random thing that you would like to berate this film for bestowing upon us? I, like any random thing you mean, or was there one that I mentioned? No, any, any, anything, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, the guy can look like anybody. Why does he look like the one guy they know is the Terminator that's after them the whole movie. <laughs> he could literally be fucking any person and they wouldn't be ready and he would just stab them. <laughs> Why does he look like Gabriel Luna the whole movie? <laughs> because he has to kill the person that he's going to transform He killed in. lots of people. <laughs> just pick anybody. But kill he did, anybody. <laughs> he killed them indiscriminately and didn't look at them so he can't transform into them. He could l- just kill any stranger at any point and like be them and then just walk up like walk around in like the city and just like stab him on the sidewalk and yeah. be done with it. That is true. Yeah, <laughs> that one bothered me. That was the one flaw of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> a, a perfect movie, otherwise. But no, I mean, especially because like he already showed that he wanted to shapeshift, like he pretended to be uh, their dad. Yeah. There's a time I swear when but the he only reason Arnold... he pretended to be her dad is because in Terminator Two, he uh, calls with the voice of the dad yeah. after stabbing him through the mouth through the milk carton, which was a rad. Rad, rad. Death. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, everything about Terminator 2 is like genius compared to this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like later he even he's having his underwater fight with Arnold. And I thought the movie is telling me that it like took a part of Arnold's arm and now he can shapeshift into Arnold. I did. I guess that wasn't I, the visual. I felt like he took Arnold's hand and then I like mean, he moved in a way that made it seem like he was shifting. Steven, I know you're trying to be angry at the movie, but I'm angry at you for thinking that a liquid metal dude can't just shapeshift into looking like a liquid metal dude. Well, apparently he can't. I don't know his rules. Nobody knows his rules. All, all I know is he looks like the guy that they just see from a mile away and are like, oh no, that's the Terminator. We better run. Um, time travel, I know, never makes sense in the Terminator movies. Yeah. It, this movie, because it hammers home the idea that Linda Hamilton has been like stopping Terminators this whole time, I really don't understand time travel anymore. Like... So what why is, don't they send two Terminators? Why don't no, they... So, so, so as I understand it from the film is they had always sent a bunch of Terminators. And once they stopped the future, those Terminators couldn't... They just had their last mission and they just lived their entire life trying to carry out that last mission. Right. Which is why eventually the Arnold we meet, um, who is different than the Ar- Arnold who destro- was destroyed yeah. um, previously, uh, actually succeeds in killing John Connor... And then is like, well, time to go on vacation. He's basically Scud from the um, Sega Saturn game from a thousand years ago, <laughs> where he's like, I killed my thing. Somebody keep me alive now. And he goes off and finds a woman and settles down. And she was already pregnant when he met her, right? Yeah. Or, or the no, he didn't make the baby. Okay. No, he raised the baby. He specifically said she was she was married to an abusive husband. I, I think, and he killed the abusive husband, I think. I think that definitely is the line that I laughed at for real in the movie is when she's she's like Linda Hamilton says something like how does she not realize you're 400 pounds and he's like our relationship, our relationship is, is not, not physical, physical. <laughs> it's it's just so great she loves my sense this, of humor who, who the fuck is this woman who has just been hanging out with him for 16 years <laughs> just 
never had a physical touch of it any whatsoever. Questions. She's like, wow, this is exactly the kind of man I want. He shuts up and keeps in his place and doesn't ever talk to me. Yep. <laughs> like, it just seems crazy to me that, like, this woman has just been in love with this guy and has never had any contact with him this entire time and doesn't ever go in his shed where he keeps his Texas guns. Nope, all his <laughs> Texas guns. And the thing is, I know... I, I don't have a problem with that, of, like, the many Terminators that were sent that now fulfilled their mission or whatever. Yeah. It, it, there's this meta-narrative that every few years, Linda Hamilton is tasked with destroying another Terminator that comes yeah. back. Oh, okay. So you're talking about specifically... There are the all pl- these different futures that the she's pl- preventing from happening. No, no, no. So she's not... I, that future is still theoretically... I don't think she... she so she's killing the Terminator that's, got, that's getting sent back. But I think that, like, she hasn't stopped this one event right like it's oh you think they're all this rev 9 type thing being sent back in different times i i think that they they have continually been sending these robots periodically so like in in genesis with uh jason clark like i'm pretty sure in that film they were continually sending people back Mm -hmm. until like the future got changed right so i think that like there is a I i don't think that every time that she's done that um this like it's all these different fates that have been changed. I just, I just think that it's they keep getting sent back and they keep getting killed, and I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, mm. But like, I, like, I was fine with this idea that like when somebody is sent back, it sends the shockwave beforehand that uh, Arnold is like picking up and then registering the coordinates and the time of when the actual teleportation is going to take place, and then he's sending that to her, to her. I was sort of fine with that sort of wishy-washy, they've been working together the whole time sort of thing. I just kind of, at that point in the film, I was kind of just like, give me more action scenes because there's nothing else. <laughs> so what I, and this is as someone who, I'm sure I've seen some of the Terminator sequels post-Terminator 2. I don't know which they were. I know I've seen, like, in college, I remember watching one or two, but I don't remember the lore enough. Like, okay, the 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 concept of Terminator Two is like a a robot is coming back to kill John Connor, so another robot is sent back to protect him. No, so so Terminator One is a Terminator is coming to kill Linda Hamilton. Right. Terminator Two is they're like she's too hard to kill. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get the kid. Let's get the kid. Right. So in the future, John Connor reprograms the original Terminator, sends it back in time to kill the T-1000. Right. And they start fighting. But I believe that in the end, uh, both get destroyed except for Arnold's hand. Right, right, right. Which is, I guess, maybe another reference to when the machine rips off the end of his hand in this one. I don't know. Um, But the whole thing is, the whole shocking reveal is that Skynet, the, the company that created Skynet, finds the hand and uses that as the basis for designing mm-hmm. that model of robot, which then brings about. So it's like yeah. in trying to stop it, they created that future. Well, because I wanted to say in particular that why not, if you're playing with time travel, go back and stop Skynet from existing intentionally rather than like on accident in the periphery while you protect one character in a past that doesn't exist yet from another person altering the past. Well, like, I, I think that is the transition that happens in that film yeah. that like, they're like, Oh shit, this is going to keep happening. What if we just stop Skynet? And then they go for that. Yeah. But in trying to stop Skynet, they give Skynet. The yeah. yeah. Um, it, it just seemed, and cause this movie made me think of that too, where it's like, you know, Legion, why, why aren't you with your time travel powers? Just like going back and stopping Legion from existing. Yeah. Why are you just going back to protect this like girl that will become the hero and we know it's going to become she's going to become the hero from like the beginning of the movie like why is this fight only happening here i get for parallelism why it's happening but like this movie just begged the question so many times i felt like because the way they talk about the inevitable future sounds like they don't live in a time where time travel exists the dark fate as you might call it yeah but see, the real thing that's going to burst your noodle or whatever the line is. Oh, my noodle um, shit. <laughs> crisp your cookie, break your cookie, what a, crumble your cookie. What's the line from The Matrix? I don't know. But the real thing to think about is would she have become the one if she hadn't got all this training from mm. all these people? If Diego hadn't been killed in that truck? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have a good answer. <laughs> Explosion. I, I, I am one, one, like one of the one people that, that actually likes in one of these sequels um, – 
the I, I wouldn't even call it a retcon because it, it's it's just coming up with an ex- explanation for something that we haven't really had an explanation. Nothing has changed. It's just like a little extra bit of insight. But essentially, the reason John Connor becomes the leader of the resistance is because he was told get to this bunker and you will be able to get help. Mm-hmm. And he gets to the bunker. It's completely empty. He gets on this intercom, and it turns out that all the other resistance fighters in the universe were told that this one radio frequency will be the help that you all need. Mm. So when he's like, hello, is anybody out there? <laughs> he's essentially now the leader of the resistance. Like, yeah. I, I actually thought that was like, it was kind of cool that it was like, oh, you are, aren't even close to qualified and mm. nothing about you is special. You just happen to literally be the right place at the right time. Um, I thought that was fun. I like I kept thinking about a thing that uh, I think it was in David Ehrlich's review or something what he said because I he hated this movie and I agreed with him um, is that the way the movie portrays the revelation that Danny is not just the mother of the chosen one but is herself the chosen one it feels like a movie that doesn't know that we've had female heroes in the last two decades yeah like it thinks it's like so brave and subversive for doing it that our minds are going to be blown. And that it's going to make us forget that her only defining characteristics are that she's a woman and she's Mexican. Well, so so that's the thing that was like I, – I, I was complaining about this in the non-spoiler segment is at that moment in time – I had known this before I sat down to see the movie. I would heard, heard it on Fighting in the War Room when they just kind of like threw that out because they, they were going to not spoil it and they were like, fuck it. And they just went into it and started, they were talking about it. And so I knew this was coming in and in the scene where she's like – Ah, oh, they just reduced you to just a womb, a womb to bring forth the savior of the human race, gar. And she's like getting all mad. And I was like, oh, this is where Mackenzie Davis is going to tell her. And I was like, this is a short amount of time to spend. Like, I was just like, they're just going to throw it out there and yeah. like usurped it right there. And I just, it, and then all of a sudden she didn't say it. I'm like, why aren't you saying it? And she even, she has, even has a thing where she's like, I won't tell you how I know this girl or something like that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, why Why are you withholding this information? Like, this does not benefit you in any way. You already know as much or as little as you need to to trust Linda Hamilton. Why do you need to withhold information that can just help the party? That's all you have to do. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand it. Ugh. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I also, thinking about Mackenzie Davis and her decisions in this movie... There's a decision at the end of the movie where she decides to give her life, basically. She's maybe yeah. dying already, but, you know, she she literally sacrifices herself. So it's her like the power... bookend of when she was first destroyed trying to carry her into the bunker. Sure. And then she's like, I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she, she decides to give her power source. So, it, you know, it's fine. It's the end of a movie. Of course, Danny cries because of that. I hate when a movie doesn't balance its emotions with other emotional events that we've seen in the movie. Namely, like, Danny lost her brother. And her dad. Be- yeah, her brother and her dad. And they got way less of an emotional reckoning than the cyborg that she spent three days with. Yeah. And I don't... I mean, it wouldn't actually be a problem if I liked the movie, but because I didn't like the movie, then I just, like, that part, I was like, okay, fine. Fucking cry in slow motion. Yeah. Also, they're trying to find an EMP so they can set it off so it'll fry all the circuits of the thing. First of all, that would have also fried all the circuits of Mackenzie Davis. Sure, like, yeah, so she's th- gone. There's never she's, a point in time dead. where she's worried about setting off the EMP. So why is she worried about pulling out her power source? Second of all, I've already talked about how I think the design of sending a human that still needs insulin and a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. back. Like, I don't care if you're cybernetically augmented. If you can't function for more than 45 seconds, then you're useless to me. Don't send this person back in time. Why would they not just put a human brain in? Like, we've already had Terminator Salvation where machines thought they were human. <laughs> the, we, we have this. Canonically, like, we haven't. Yeah, canonically, we have this. It, it you can have a humanoid thing that thinks it has a human brain and behaves good. You don't just because you didn't want to reprogram a Terminator to send back doesn't mean you have to have a human with its augmented instead of just a Terminator with a human brain. Just augment it with insulin. I feel like that would solve all your problems. And that's the whole thing in Salvation. They were abducting humans and inserting machine parts into them. To make them augmented. Yeah, we can make machine people, but they all have diabetes. <laughs> we can make machine people, but we can't make people machines. 
<laughs> it just it I just I didn't I didn't it it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. No. It's just there to build tension when you don't need it and have to have moments where this little girl has to reach for a gun, and then a nice doctor man says, it's cool that you're pointing a gun at me. Let me help you carry this person to the car yep. who weighs too much for any of us to lift because <laughs> she should also weigh 400 pounds just like the Terminator does. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just it doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. Yeah, none of it makes sense. Which brings me to the first rant I went on in the episode. This is a story about three powerful women doing powerful things, and at the end of the film... Friggin' Mackenzie Davis is going through withdrawal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she can't help. Linda Hamilton has just got tossed around to shit. She seems mostly okay, but is apparently too traumatized to stand. And then the the young girl, D- D- Danny, Danny is uh, like she's doing her best, but it's a fucking machine yeah. that she just can't... Well, and the movie hasn't given us any reason to think she could possibly fight it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. The we movie all... has not done the legwork to show her learning much. And and, and, and to, t- to take a slight, slight digression, it's a power source, which means obviously it's touching her body most of the time. Mm-hmm. So there has to be something different between touching body and giving power and touching body and giving too much power. <laughs> this is the birds and the bees talk. <laughs> She has like it's not like like I I thought when the Terminator like the like when when Arnold was first pretty fucked up in in when he was swimming in the water and shit like that when he came out I just thought they were gonna like use him as a nuclear reactor especially when she was like my power source and I was like oh nuclear reactor oh it's cool the Terminator who already is here to try to redeem himself can give himself up and mm-hmm. explode. No, no, no. We don't want a man to save the day. Yeah. <laughs> so they put that off for no goddamn reason. Then they get to this point where, oh, we're not going to use our power source as a nuclear reactor, even though it's a nuclear reactor. We're just going to stab the robot somewhere in its metal body in a way that's going to overload its circuits but not damage anything else or myself while I try mm-hmm. to stab it. And it's like, okay, that's fine. So she's it's trying to fry do it. It's its neural nets, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my bad. But so she's trying to fight it. She can't. Linda Hamilton is on the ground with like instant PTSD, can't move. Arnold is incapacitated. Linda Hamilton is just yelling... Arnold, you need to wake up. I need you to save us. We are incapable of saving ourselves. Please save the day, Arnold. Please wake up. Mm. And it's like, you, nobody just... uh, It was in Arnold's contract. Like, he needed to save the day in the end. It's like his version of Fast and Furious contract. Like, I cannot lose a fight. Family. (laughs) It It just, I couldn't, like... It, it just seems so, like, counter to everything the film had been doing up until that point. I just don't understand why that decision was made and why no one on set said, um, I've been cool with everything up until now, but here on page 64, it says, please, please help us. We are defenseless. Yeah. I just, I, I don't, I don't, who, I don't know. Wh- why, why? I don't know. I don't know unforgivable unforgivable 